This episode is brought to you by CollectorMount.com. Get those Blu-rays, DVDs, records, laser discs on your wall. CollectorMount.com. Use code LATEFEE25 for 25% off. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. I'm Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. How about you? Good. Pretty good. We had a good uh, little break. I hope all you guys enjoyed the... Um, the best of episode that we uh, we put out that was a uh, pretty fun reliving uh, a lot of the memories that we had. We've uh, still got our contest going on. I want to let everyone know that by the time this comes out, I believe there will be only one more day in the contest, and we will draw the results live or live for us anyway. It'll uh, be two days delayed for you guys, but uh, live on the air on uh, next week's episode to see who wins the $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, I'll leave a link below this episode to uh, to enter. And uh, as always, you can go on Twitter or our Facebook page and find uh, entries there. Uh, also, real quick, before we kind of get into the meat of the show, we've started a sister podcast of sorts that's going to come out every Tuesday. It premiered today. It's called Retro Late Fee. And the conceit of that show is it's basically the same show that we do now, but 25 years in the past. Uh, And it it stars me and my wife, girlfriend in the uh, parlance of the show, Carol. And we are in January 1st, 1994, all the news, all the movies, TV, everything is is from that period. We uh, we don't break character. We don't reference anything that's modern. We pretend as if we're recording it on January 1st, 1994. And that's all the information that we have is anything that was available at the time. So it's a pretty fun show. Uh, we'll be doing that every week. That will come out every Tuesday. Uh, you know, companion to this one, which comes out every Thursday. So uh, check that out uh, if you get a chance. It's on. Um, it's on the same uh, the same feed as as our show. So uh, basically, we'll just be doing two shows a week from now on. But uh, with that all said, I guess we can get into the news. Uh, it's been a pretty slow news week, Mike, as expected with the uh, the holiday and everything. But uh, one of the uh, your favorite show, uh, Stranger Things, <laughs> released their um, release date for season three. Season three is coming out July fourth, two thousand nineteen. So uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to that, Mike. Oh yeah, I was hoping I'd ruin Fourth uh, of July one of my favorite holidays by watching that. <laughs> Um, I, I saw an interview with the Duffer brothers who are, uh, the, uh, people that created the show and they said that they'll likely get a fourth season and that will probably be the last. So this season coming out and then one more season and they'll probably be done after that. They, they, it stars a bunch of kid actors and I don't really think you can go much more than around four seasons with child actors because, you know, time is uh, a stalker of us all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's happening on the 4th of July. 
uh, the next bit of news, also in uh, in movie news, Todd McFarlane. I'm sure you're familiar with him, right? The creator of Spawn. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he hated uh, 1997's Spawn, which obviously was a pretty big box office failure. And he, yeah, it's, it's not very good. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's really not good. That's the one with Martin Sheen, right? Uh, I don't remember. I know Michael J. White is the uh, he plays Spawn, which is he's actually. I'm surprised he's got more action stuff. He's pretty good at action, like Star. He's like a really big, like muscular guy, and he's you know, yeah, pretty good at, like martial arts and stuff. But yeah, he plays uh, Spawn, and John Leguizamo plays one of the bad guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a ton about Spawn, but yeah, it's that's it's not very good. Yeah, I remember that. And John Leguizamo is just like a big, fat, disgusting character, right? I think so, the clown or something. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, it was not good. But, um, yeah, that's the one with Martin Sheen, I'm almost sure, where he's, uh, Martin Sheen is playing a psychopath, basically. But, yeah, you could be right, I, I, I don't remember. But, uh, so McFarlane is, uh, wanted to make a movie, a new version of Spawn, at, for a long time, over 10 years, I think, and, uh, He's finally getting the chance because uh, Blumhouse Productions they uh, they do all the horror like Paranormal Activity and Insidious and those types of movies. Uh, they are they've greenlit a project with um, McFarlane writing and directing it, and Jamie Fox is going to star as Spawn. He's been campaigning for that for quite a long time as well, several years. Uh, and McFarlane spoke in an interview. Uh, I guess the film is close to wrapping, if not already wrapped. But uh, his quote is, there's no joy. There's going to be no fun lines in it. And it's just going to be this dark, ugly two hours worth of movie. So that sounds good. I mean, they did like a, a series on HBO at one point. I don't know how good that was. It was like a cartoon series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I it, it doesn't. I mean, it could be interesting for the fans of the show at least, or comic at least. I just don't know, you know, how popular it would be. But I mean, Jamie Foxx seems like a big time actor, so that's pretty good for them. I think he's. I think he's the. I think what this quote is supposed to be doing is contrasting it with like the Avengers or a lot of the Marvel movies, where he's basically saying it's not gonna be like it's not even gonna be like Deadpool which is subverts a lot of things that Marvel does but is still fun it's basically a comedy this is this is gonna be dark gritty kind of like he's always envisioned uh uh Spawn to be so you know I think I I agree I think it sounds like and you know when you have the creator of the comic who's being the writer and the director making it you would think it sounds like it's going to be for the the hardcore fans of the comic book so i've never really read the comic i've seen that terrible 1997 movie but uh i haven't read the comic so it not really for me I, I might see it depends we might see it when it comes out uh but uh yeah i guess that's uh that's good news for for hardcore fans because i'm sure that they didn't like what they got in 97 yeah, I can't imagine they did. Uh, I saw the other thing that happened this week, as far as news goes, is I saw two trailers. The first one, they're both horror movies, too. The first one is for uh, Happy Death Day, the number two and the letter U. So I don't know if you've seen the first Happy Death Day or if you're familiar with it, 
but it's basically Groundhog Day, but it's a horror movie. No, I've never even heard of it. it basically, what happens is she wakes up uh, in some stranger's uh, dorm room. She's a college student. It's her birthday. She uh, she goes. She walks along campus and everything. Kind of goes through her day. She ends up getting murdered by some masked killer at the end of the night, and then she wakes up in the guy's dorm room again, reliving the whole day over again. So basically, she has to keep dying until she figures out who the killer is and unravels the mystery, which she eventually does in the first movie. This one, it looks like they're they're upping things a little bit. Uh, I think she's taking damage each time she kind of dies. And, uh, you know, so I don't know if if how that's going to go it, you know it's funny because the first the first time i saw the trailer for the first movie i thought this is an interesting concept for a horror movie but they did exactly what i was afraid they were going to do and they're stra- there's there's no reason for a sequel to this movie <laughs> i know that it did i know that it did pretty well in the theaters i know it was popular but this is not really a concept that you could... It's going to be like Final Destination, which also was a good idea for a horror movie that they stretched into perpetuity. Yeah, it seems kind of unnecessary. The other trailer that I saw that I thought was pretty interesting, actually, is Jordan Peele's new movie, which is called Us. And in it, there's a family, uh, mom, dad, and boy and girl, and they go to the beach... You know, they're having a good time and everything. The boy kind of wanders off for a minute. And then um, the next night, there's these four people wearing like bizarre masks. It looks almost like their heads tied in a sack. And, uh, you know, there's all this crazy special effects with, um, you know, speeding up and slowing down the frame rate to add tension and stuff like like they do in a lot of horror movies and then you see that they've taken on the appearance of the family and they're trying to kill the original family so i guess that's the it seems like it's like kind of a supernatural type thing i also think that it's possible that uh the one of the twists is that when that boy wandered off and came back that that wasn't their boy but the evil boy i haven't seen the the preview for either of those but it, it's to me, it's interesting, and I kind of want to see it. Jordan Peele did Get Out, and I love that movie. A very well-directed movie. I think that, um, you know, that uh, he's certainly proven himself. So, you know, the second movie is always harder, obviously, but there's a lot of more um, uh, expectations that you need to live up to when when it comes to making that second movie. But I'm definitely interested in seeing it. I guess it seems to me that, that it has to be supernatural-esque. I don't think it's um, plastic surgery or, or some kind of identity theft in, in a more mundane way. I don't know how they'd explain it if it was. But uh, I, I'm interested to see that movie. I believe that comes out at, towards the end of this month. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just wait till like, October for like you know horror movies. Yeah, well, January has traditionally been the dumping ground for just absolutely horrible films, uh, the, they, this is where they just put everything that they uh, that they know is going to fail. Huh. So I mean, I don't know that 
but but there have been exceptions to that uh, over the past few years as the um, the year kind of spreads out. More people watch movies more year round than they used to. It used to be that the summer was a dead time for movies, which is kind of weird to think about now. But right. uh, but I always heard that like back in like the fifties or sixties, it would be really popular because they have air conditioning. Yes, yeah, Not that's true. Did. Yep. Unless uh, the movie Matinee has led me astray. No, no, you're right. <laughs> John Goodman and his films never lead anyone astray. Did you ever see, speaking of John Goodman's movies, did you ever see, uh, what is the title of that movie? King, King Ralph? No, 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 that's a great movie too. But um, it starred uh, Gabriel Byrne from The Talking Heads. Um or I'm sorry, uh, David Byrne from the Talking Ants. Gabriel Byrne was in uh, the. Usual. Yeah, I was really confused there for a second. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne was in the Usual Suspects, but uh, David Byrne uh, from the Talking Heads. He wrote and directed a um, a movie about this small town, and John Goodman was in it. It's actually a really good film. Let me see if I can find the title of it because he hasn't he hasn't written. Many, I don't believe. It's done the soundtrack for a lot of movies, though, which is making this a little harder. But um, he, uh, let's see, director. Well, he has directed 11 movies. Oh, well, he's directed uh, some music videos. True Stories, that's what it's called. Very good film. Uh, he basically plays, Gab- or David Byrne, I keep wanting to call him Gabriel. David Byrne plays sort of a narrator where he's kind of going through this town and introducing us uh, all to, you know, to the different characters in this town. And John Goodman is uh, one of the people in this town. It's, it's a very, it's, I think you'd like it a lot. It's sort of uh, off the beaten path, kind of eccentric type movie, but, um, but it's very good. You know who I did the, I, I looked it up as well. You know who did the, the music for the movie? The Talking Heads. The Talking Heads. <laughs> That's a shocker. <laughs> It'd be funny if, uh, like, he just gave it to the Cure or something like that. <laughs> yeah. We want to hire this out. But uh, speaking of terrible movies, well, that—that's a good movie. True Stories is a good movie. But speaking of the opposite, terrible movies. Uh, in today's um, educating Mike segment. We are talking about the 1989 classic Teen Witch. Mike, I'm going to go out on a limb that you haven't seen Teen Witch. I actually have seen this. My wife loves the movie, so I've uh, unfortunately had to see it before. Oh, I don't know if we should do it because we're supposed to be educating you. But uh, let's educate the audience a little bit. Maybe you can help me out on this one a little because it's been a while since I've seen this film. But uh, basically, I, what I, one of the things I love about this film, and I'm using that with all the sarcasm in the world, is the opening is maybe the most 80s opening of anything I've ever seen. It's basically a music video. It's a dream sequence, but uh, she's uh, the Louise, the star of the film, is dancing with her crush in a red dress. And it, it plays a full-length song, like you know, uh, 80s saxophone and synth pop, where um, 
she's uh, dancing with this guy and everything. And then she ends up falling at the end, like some of us do in our dreams sometimes. And that's what wakes her up in the morning. But uh, she is a, um, a high schooler who uh, is a nerd, basically. Uh, which is funny because it's one of those situations where she's an attractive girl, but she's a nerd because she pot- t- ties her hair in a ponytail. So, so you know, I guess uh, I guess that uh, makes you a nerd in in any movie. But uh, her best friend Polly has uh, one, some of the biggest hair I've ever seen in the '80s. Just a giant black fro of hair. White fro. And uh, she discovers, Louise discovers, uh, after seeing a palm reader played by uh, Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist and several other films, that uh, she is a witch and she will get her witch powers on her 16th birthday. Which always seemed convenient to me, Mike, that she happened to go to that palm reader before her 16th birthday so she could figure this out. Yeah, that's convenient. But uh, anyway, so she turns 16 and, uh, you know, all sorts of shenanigans and hijinks start to take place. She turns her brother into a dog. Um, She uh, she starts uh, using them to using the powers to her advantage um, in not the nicest ways in the world. There's uh there's a great and I don't know if you've seen this. There's a great uh kind of behind the music parody of the band that's in the movie because there's a, a rap group in the movie, three guys that uh rap. In the parody they call them Duditude. <laughs> that's the uh the band's name. Um but they rap a couple times in the movie and probably in the most infamous scene from this movie is uh they're they're doing a rap in the middle of the street and Louise and Polly ride up on their bikes and um Polly kind of likes one of the guys but she's intimidated by him and everything and uh so Louise uses her magical powers to make Polly into a rapping superstar and they rap this song called Top That which is just it's it's some of the most cringe inducing thing I've ever seen uh I, I, in a movie. Did you uh did you find the same thing Mike was it, it was hard to stomach, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't good. Um I weird time because like back in the late 80s early 90s a lot of like uh like oh rap, we need to have a rap sequence and whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just about any movie that came out during that time period, they tried to put a rap sequence in there somehow. Pretty much, like the uh, two our nineteen eighty eight uh, presidential inauguration, probably a rap in there. Oh yeah, I'm sure that uh, yeah Dan Quayle, I'm sure uh, you know had some fat beats that he was dropping. Um, but uh, have you ever seen that uh, that parody that I'm talking about with Duditude? I, th- I think I did actually. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, anyone that. Uh, Actually, I think it was, wasn't it made by um, our uh, our good friend from uh, that Adam Sandler movie that we did the commentary on? 
I'm not sure. I don't remember I it think, that well. I, I think, think you're. I think you're right, though. Yeah, Andy Samberg. Yeah, from that's my boy. Yeah, I believe he's. Yeah. I believe he's <laughs> the narrator right, of but... it. But yeah, yeah, there's a sequel. No, no way. Is there? Yeah, there's a Teen Witch too. I think. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to look that up. Does it star the same girl, or is it some other person that's starting becoming a witch when she's 16? Oh, uh, you know, I'm not. You know, maybe I just made that. Maybe I think it's something else. I just tried to look it up to see if it did have the same person, but I don't see a Teen Witch too. I could have sworn there was a sequel. Maybe that was the nightmare that you had after watching Teen Witch. You just dreamed a sequel. Could be, or maybe that's what that video that dude to the You know how much Teen Witch made at the box office? No. $27,800. Oh, wow. That's, uh,. That's uh, that's pretty good. What was their budget? Um, not sure, but it came out at the same time that Pet Cemetery came out. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, it's going to lose to that. One of the rare good uh, Stephen King movies around that era. Yeah, two point five million. That was their budget. That is a pretty big bomb. I like Robin Lively a lot, though. I'll tell you. Um, and she's cute. Oh, yeah, Mark? Yeah. 15 years old in that movie, I'd like to point out. Was she? Well, I, th- I was like 10 <laughs> when that movie came out. Okay. You're not 10 now. No, I'm not talking about her from that <laughs> that movie, necessarily. Oh, what, what other movies was she? She wasn't 15. She was 17. <laughs> oh, I, just, okay. I just looked it up. <laughs> oh, speaking of that... um. They've been talking about doing a uh, Lizzie McGuire <laughs> reboot. What do you think about that? That's a weird transition. <laughs> Speaking of what? Speaking of that, I'm not sure what that you're, you're referring to. For those of you that don't know, which is everyone in our listening audience, because this is kind of just of a thing between me and Mike, um, back in the early 2000s when Lizzie McGuire was a thing, I uh I kind of had this running joke where uh where I <laughs> I pretended to have a crush on her even though I think she was probably I don't know like 14 or something at the time and I was uh 21 But uh yeah it it uh, tickled Mike to no end that uh <clears throat> that uh you know I had a quote unquote crush on her um so I kept it I kept it up I haven't. I haven't hey, seen. Uh, yeah. Did, did you see the uh, Lizzie McGuire movie? <laughs> yes, I did. What, what channel was it on when you saw it? <laughs> well, I, I I saw it in the theaters. Huh? That's quite the joke you're playing on me, huh? <laughs> Becky and I went to see it. Hmm. Our, our friend Becky. Went to see it in the theater. I actually did like the show, though. That's that was the impetus of it. Uh but she's she's Lizzie McGuire. Hilary Duff's had a had a decent career, I guess. Didn't she uh, marry a hockey player? I don't know. In my mind, she never got married. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're right. I think she's married to someone. 
Hey, uh, didn't you also go see the movie Cody Banks at the theater because she was in it? <laughs> Wait, no, 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 I didn't see that one in the theater. I huh. did I did own the DVD. <laughs> but I didn't see that one in the theater. I don't think I did anyway. Oh my god, that was what a what an era with uh um total request live and, and shit like that. The early 2000s, it was like a uh, wild west show. But uh, no, I I don't know for whatever reason I I did think I thought even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire were good shows. Now looking back on it, I was probably wrong, <laughs> but I did like both of them for some reason. Shia LaBeouf has definitely proven that uh, I was probably mistaken thinking that anything he was connected to was good. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen any of his uh, movies. Like, isn't it like the Transformers or something like that? I, I don't know. I just have no... I, but that appeals to me, even though I like the Transformer toys and show when I was younger. I saw the first Transformers movie, and then I was out. <laughs> saw that one, I said, this is the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen, and then I stopped. I, I didn't watch any more of them. And I saw the the Indiana Jones 4 that he was in. Both were just... Oh, that, that was really bad, yeah. Yeah, both were just terrible. I heard there's a, a new robot in the most recent Transformer uh, movie, uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I used to think, I don't remember what movie it was. Maybe it was uh, Fear, the one that he was in with um, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, At some point, he had fooled me, and I said, I think Mark Wahlberg is actually a decent actor. Like, he's actually made the transition from music to acting, and and he's decent. But every other movie I've seen him in, he... He's the worst. He is such a bad actor. Have you ever seen The Happening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should do a commentary for that one time. That is oh, so God. bad. Yeah. You know, my Nothing w- in that movie is good. My wife likes that movie. I'm sorry. I know. I can't. I, I, I cannot figure out why. I don't understand. I, I, <laughs> it leaves me speechless how she can like the movie on any level. But uh, I, mean, I think it's entertaining just like in the way that's funny because it's so terrible. But yeah, it's uh I don't I don't understand nothing about that movie at all, as far as I can tell. And you know, there are times when it seems almost like okay it's be it's intentional. He's like intentionally making uh you know, like uh a, a B movie almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. But I don't think he was. I think that's. I think that's. No, a, I don't think so. I think that's an excuse that they used afterwards after everyone hated it so much. I think. I, I think he was just re- like he thought. He was saddled with two bad actors, and he is generally not a great director. He's. It's weird because he's made some really good movies, a few, and he's made some absolutely terrible films. So the figuring out M Night Shyamalan is really is really difficult. That's a real twist. How's the movie gonna end up? <laughs> right. It's the trees. Oh god. Yeah, I don't. It's like he like like was trying to think of an ending for the longest time. He's like, ah, trees. I guess I don't know. Yeah. No, seriously. And there's just oh my god, the movie is 
it's I can't I can't explain it. I can't explain why anyone likes it. And my wife doesn't even like it in a, in an ironic way where she's like, oh, this is so funny how bad this is. She just she just enjoys it. Yeah, there's parts where it seems like it could be almost like a fun movie. Like, oh, yeah, we're going on a crazy adventure. But no, it's it's just not. Yeah, I don't uh, I do not get it at all. It's like we're going on a crazy adventure to put the family dog to sleep. <laughs> that's a very good. Uh, that's a very good analogy. But uh, so uh, the, our sponsor this week, once again, is Collector Mount. Uh, Collector Mount is introducing a new DVD movie Blu-ray mount with the Collector Mount products. You can now mount it all. You can now display movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, magazines, trading cards, albums, comic books, CDs, books, and video games. There are five different mounting options to choose from. The DVD movie Blu-ray mount is a clear, adjustable frame display system. You can get those movies up on your wall and onto any flat surface as it can be used as either a Walmart, a wall mount, which is adjustable, or a shelf stand. It's the perfect display option and also pops your collectible off the walls, driving a cool 3D effect in the design. It's invisible, it's easy to install, it's adjustable, and it's affordable at just $4.99. You have to check these out. Obviously, we've had Collector Mount uh, on the show before. I'm always excited to uh, talk about Collector Mount. I think they have one of the best products out there. Uh, as as we've said before, you know the uh, all the the Blu-rays, the DVDs, the albums, laser discs, comic books. You know a lot of that stuff just ends up in a closet. And you know there's great artwork and great pictures on that. And putting them together on your wall, in your man cave, in your she shed, in your uh, hobo shack. Or whatever it is, is uh, it just it it really transforms a room and it really sets sets it apart from uh, from other types of uh, of rooms. They look great, and four ninety nine. I mean, they are you know you definitely want to check these out. If you use our our code for our listeners only, late fee twenty five, you'll get twenty five percent off even that low price of four ninety nine. <laughs> and I know, Mike, that you're going to be ordering some soon, right? Yeah, my wife uh, got me the Archie vs. Predators for Christmas, so uh, I'm going to get at least one to mount the uh, Malt Shop A1. That, is, uh, that, that cover is one of the best covers I've ever seen. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, much better than the comics, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, mounting, uh, you know, having those up on the wall, it's, it's a conversation starter. It's uh, and you'll have to tell us once you get it and 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 mount it up. You'll have to tell us, uh, you know, how how it works and how, how you like it. But um, if you if you get it, uh, send us a picture of what you mounted. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone out there uh, that gets one of the collector mounts, uh, tweet or uh, send us a picture, and we'll we'll tweet it. We'll put it up on our our Facebook. Show us what uh, what you mounted out there. You can send it to. Uh, Massive late fee at gmail.com or you can tweet us at massive late fee or go to massive late fee on Facebook. You know where we are. We, uh, we might want to be a little more specific what you mounted using collector mount. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't want to see, we don't want to see any, uh, horrifying human trophies on the wall because our, you know, Bill, who is the owner and operator of collector mount, uh, 
you know, someone I've spoken to before has assured me that this product is not for mass murderers. Yep. So collectormount.com for uh, for all those uh, those great mounts, and uh, you will not be disappointed. Let's move on to our main topic today, which is the internet phenomenon known as Black Mirror's Bandersnatch. Uh, it's, I guess it's a movie uh, or an episode. It depends on which ending you get, which ending you choose, how long this thing uh, lasts. My wife and I watched it. Uh, the first time that we went through it, we got kind of caught in uh, somewhat of a loop. And we were, uh, it might have been around an hour and a half or so, so it was certainly more like a movie to us. Uh, for those of you that don't, don't know, and I think pretty much everyone does because everyone's talking about it, uh, this is an experiment that uh, Netflix and Black Mirror have taken on where it's a choose-your-own-adventure uh, movie. And... The choose your own adventure conceit is also kind of built into the movie because the main character of the movie is making a choose your own adventure video game based on a choose your own adventure book. Um, So it all kind of it's very meta. It all relates back to that conceit. If there's anyone that could do this right, I would think it's Black Mirror because, Mike, I don't know if you've watched any anything else of Black Mirror. Um, there are some Easter eggs for other Black Mirror episodes in this movie. But Black Mirror is, it's a little Twilight Twilight Zone-y, and it's, um, it's definitely, it's very good. There are some episodes that are better than others, but it's, uh, it's kind of a spiritual successor to the Twilight Zone, and I, I love it. So if there's anyone that could do this, it would be them, and I don't think they succeeded. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with it, but I don't think they did. Let's let's give our general impressions, and then we'll kind of get into spoilers. What did uh, What did you think of it overall? I thought it was all right. Um, the one I the one I watched it I, again. I got like hit in a loop a couple times. Ready to go back? Like mm-hmm. it's uh, choose your own adventures. Like you really can't choose whatever you want because some paths will just like end immediately and that sort of thing. Right. Um, I thought it was all right. I mean, the visuals were interesting. I mean, the idea. The idea of it, I mean, I've kind of always wanted it, and we've always heard, like, the uh, threat slash prediction that, you know, all media will eventually become that sort of thing. Right. Um, I, uh, I'll tell you what I liked about it. It was, It's definitely a good idea. I like kind of the, the, the main story structure of it. Um, I thought a lot of the choices were interesting. It's def and, and there's a lot of, there is a lot of stuff to explore in this. You could obviously you can rewatch this and choose different things many times. Um but uh there's there's a hidden video game. Like you can play the video game that he's that uh that one character is creating Nosedive. You can actually play that. And there's a I don't I'm not sure exactly what the sequence is to trigger this ending, but you can get to an ending where uh instead of putting the tape in that he puts at the beginning, he puts in uh, a uh, cartridge of the game that he's making, the Bandersnatch game, and it plays this uh, almost like dial-up type noise, which if you run it through, uh, I don't even know what it's called, people that know a lot more about technology are the ones that figured this out, but some kind of emulator, it creates a code 
that has um, a little symbol on it that shows up in the movie. And if you take that to the website and put that in the website, it unlocks a secret uh, a secret part of the website. So it, they got very detailed uh, and, and everything with this. So, you know, it's definitely interesting on that level. The thing I didn't like about it is it gets a little boring at times um, because it's so hard, especially if you want to watch it again, you kind of have to start over at the beginning again. And I think it would be better if there... Yeah, I think it actually erases like your previous choices if you started over. Yeah, and I think it would be better if there was a way to kind of do it chapter by chapter where like each chapter is a decision point so that so that it would make it a little easier and faster for people with obsessive personalities like me that want to go through all the different decisions and see kind of all the different endings. So that's... Uh, that's one thing that uh, that I would change about it is that. Um, but other than that, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. My wife got a lot more bored with it than I did. Um, but I guess we'll get into spoilers. Uh, I'll tell you which ending I got. So when we went through it the first time, and I, I went through it a couple different times to get some different endings just to kind of see. But when we went through it the first time, you know, like definitively... We got to the point where um, he sees his mom because he's a kid again. And like he goes back in time, basically. He's a child again and he finds his rabbit and she asks if he wants to go with her. And my wife decided to choose yes. And I I was like, really, you're going to choose yes? Because you know what happens to the uh, to the train, so he chooses yes, and um, or we cho- we chose yes, and he ends up you know you see him on the train, and then he ends up dying, and then he dies in the present too in his therapist's office, like he just up and dies basically because he died in that other reality as well. I suppose. Yeah, I, I get that. That was one of my endings as well. What did you do? Any other ones? Did you get any other endings? Um, let me think. I had some that had to swing back. But the problem about that one that you're specifically talking about is I don't think it, that's because the reason that his mom had was killed was because she was late because she was ready to look for the bunny. So if he finds the bunny right away, then she's not late, correct? I, that I would assume so. I, I mean, I guess basically what they're saying is she was going to be late either way. Like she, it was just her fault. She start she started out too late to catch that uh, the train that she wanted to catch. I guess that's what they're trying to say. But uh, yeah, I uh, I don't really get that one that much either. But yeah, I guess that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. That was just very odd. I thought, like, uh, I mean. So, I mean, I guess, you know, it's a way of the dad's protecting you. I don't know why he would blame, like, oh, it was your fault that the bunny, when it was really, you know, oh, she was just late. So, obviously, this kid had, like, a really fucked up childhood just because either his dad lied or his mom was just, like, fucking around on her way to the train. Yeah, and it's, you know, I guess another one of the things um, is, and obviously we're in spoilers, so I'm not really going to kind of, this is a hard one to break down the entire Uh, plot line of the uh, thing so we're not really going to do that but um uh you know so if if you've you should have seen this if you're in the spoiler uh section but um 
I, I suppose because there are several different endings. And um, I guess sort of like Colin uh, explains to him. Did you did you get to that point where like you yeah. you go back to Collins and you take the acid and everything? Oh yeah. So I guess um, I guess like he explains, they're all they're all equally true, but they're all you know kind of not true too because they're all true in their own reality, but they're not all true together because there's one ending where Stefan finds out that um, that his entire life has been some sort of scientific experiments. Uh, the, yeah, I got that one too. The quote-unquote Pax ending, where um, where his dad has been uh, has been monitoring him the entire time, and his mom never really died because it was all just a set. Um, and, you know, obviously that's not the same reality as going on the train, you would think, um, that both those can't be true. But then he dies in one reality, but he also dies in the other reality, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. No. Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, the gimmick is obviously a big attraction of this. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, like a uh, a great story that we have. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't explored it really. I don't know that I care that much, too. Mm-hmm. I think there's like obviously the... Uh, the re- you, there's the elements you could use to make a really interesting thing out of this. Like, I mean, I like see like he, like after Colin like jumps. That's what I had to do at least. I imagine I'd be reset if I had jumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then uh, after he jumps, like maybe he shows up later, and it's like you know like nothing happened or something like that. I mean, that'd be kind of interesting. But that was a dream. And then he goes and Colin's like in one of my versions, he's like, oh yeah, Colin's been out for a while. We haven't seen him. I- I'd like to see wh- where that could have gone. I think I just would have more you know just like an actual. Not just choose your own adventure, just like a linear, you know, tale. Because you know, you, you can tell right from the beginning that they were making, like, you know, you're obviously controlling the character, and he's going to start kind of like perceiving that. I just kind of felt that was, you know, right off the get go. I kind of saw where it was going with that, at least. Right. Yeah. There's uh, there's an interesting one. I think I think there's a way, if I remember correctly, for Colin to show up later, even after the jump. Or no, no. What happens is is uh, Kitty shows up his uh his wife um and uh you get arrested for murder i think you can kill her too um and uh yeah there's a lot of different there is a lot of different ones you can um you know you can kill the dad uh you can kill kitty you can um you know and like then there are different ways for the game to come out or not come out. Um, there's one version where <clears throat> the game is never released, but Colin's daughter, the baby that we find, years later finds it at the uh, copy of the game and decides to reboot it. And it's she's it's almost like she's making the Netflix movie that you're watching right now. Yeah, I read about that one too. So. Yeah, it's uh, there. There are no happy endings, really. I mean, there's. Well, no- I got one that was kind of fun. Like it was the one where like you choose your symbol and you choose Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you go to the therapist's office and you're like, oh fuck, and you just basically like it becomes like a comic like action movie at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's that one's pretty fun. And then, um, and then uh, he screams that uh, he fucked up her whole day. He and his friend from the future. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh if you choose to jump out the window in that scenario, 
I don't know if you saw that one, but it basically, the camera just backs up and you're on the set of the movie like they're shooting, you know, an actual movie. And in, uh-huh. in, instead of calling him Stefan, like the director comes up and calls him Mike, I think it is. And she says, Mike, what are you doing? And he goes, I was, you know, he's like, he's all confused and everything. He goes, I was going to jump out the window. And she goes, no, this is where you have the fight scene. See, it's in the script. And uh, she goes, Mike, are you feeling okay? And he says, Stefan, my name's Stefan. And she goes, why don't, uh-huh. why don't you sit down? You know, and, and like, she starts walking away and she's like, can we get some paramedics down here? Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, you know, a lot of them are meta endings. Uh, some of them are, are more, I would say... The most Black Mirror-ish ending is the one where you choose as a little boy to go on the train and then he dies. That that to me that's probably the most Black Mirror-esque ending of all of them. But yeah, it's it's fun in a way where you can kind of choose almost like different genres a little bit. Like you said with the Netflix one, it gets very like silly and and actiony and stuff like that. Um, and then there are ones that are a little more sci-fi. It, it's it was definitely interesting for me to go through and to kind of go through different scenarios and different endings. Um, and I think it's an interesting idea. I just think I think there are I think this is a thing that there can be a future in. Obviously, not all of this can't be all of media. I don't think anyone would put up with with this taking over how we usually watch things. But I can see uh, scenarios where as one-off episodes of different shows or a movie here and there, where this might be able to gain a tiny bit of a foothold on Netflix, but I think they'll have to modify things a little in order to make it... um, in order to make it more interesting and and uh, and a little more user friendly, yeah, I heard that they were doing a lot of like interactive movies for kids, and that's kind of what they used for the idea for this. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was all right, but I really don't care enough about the basic like plot to explore all the other endings. I, I just don't care. I don't think I'm going to watch it again. Essentially, and that's and to me, that's the other that's the other difficult part about doing this. Is and like you uh, to to kind of piggyback off the point that you were talking about with the kids stuff. Uh, my daughter has watched the Puss in Boots one, which is a choose your own adventure. It's obviously a lot simpler than uh, than this is, um, and she liked that a lot. And then my son likes Minecraft a lot, and there's a choose your own adventure Minecraft one that came out maybe a couple months before the Black Mirror one did. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see that. But the other thing is, is I found it difficult to really connect with the story. I, I, I sort of connected with Stefan because that's our point of view character. But it didn't, I didn't really feel a lot of connection with anyone else in it. And I'm not sure if it was because of the writing or if it was because of just how the story's built. Because you kind of put yourself in Stefan's shoes since he's the one you're making all the decisions for. Um, And there was nobody that was really, there was, I think a lot of it is the writing because there was no one that was really close to him or pulling to him. He didn't like his dad. His dad, you know, 
didn't really, his dad seemed like he cared, but his dad wasn't super affectionate or anything like that. He didn't have a girlfriend. He didn't have like a best friend. There was no one really kind of, you know, emotionally connecting to him. And I think that was one of the problems too. If I, if I was more emotionally invested in the characters, I might be more interested to explore the different ways that it could end. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like obviously like a, it was an interesting gimmick, but I didn't think, I mean, I'm not a huge Black Mirror fan, but there's some that I really like, like the one where the um, like the Star Trek like parody one that I thought that one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other ones that I've liked, but yeah, I mean, it was okay, but I think the yeah to watch this for yeah, it's and you know, um, like I said, it's. There are some, you know, there are some endings that are, I guess, quote, happier. Like if you take, if Stefan takes the pills that he's given, then he finishes the game and the game's like considered okay, you know, basically, um, but not great. I think it gets two and a half out of five stars or something like that. It's not really a success. As they say, it feels like he just went on autopilot after the beginning so, gotcha. I mean, it's basically kind of uh, um, sending the message like, hey, those those uh, psychotropic medicines that you take, they do kind of really even you out and, and you're not as creative or good, are you? Was uh, the Church of Scientology involved in the production of this uh, movie? <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, like, it's a weird, a weird, um, a weird message to send. But at least you don't kill your dad or end up in prison or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the endings. But that's kind of, you know, some of the endings that are considered more happy or whatever, like you said, they're almost like dead-end endings where, you know, you do it and then it immediately ends. And it's like, oh, okay, you're done. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, the more interesting endings or the, the the more depressing endings are the ones that take longer to to get to. Um, but yeah, I, so I've been struggling all week to kind of figure out how I felt about the show and I see good and I see, you know, stuff that's not as good in it. I would have to probably, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's boring, but it's probably middle of the road as far as I'm concerned. I think if you haven't seen it and you want to, you're interested in checking it out, I think it's worth your time to check out but you know like mike said you may go through once and you know and you'll be done with it at that point yeah it's definitely done with it at that point yeah that's and that's how my wife felt about it too but uh yeah that is uh our episode for the night um happy new year mike happy new year everybody out there forgot to say that at the top um as always if you're interested in following the show you can follow us on twitter at massive late fee massive late fee on facebook if you have a question or a comment you can email us at massive late fee.com um and uh I think that's it. Do we have any other? Oh, Bandcamp. If you want to listen to any of our audio commentaries, you can go to uh, uh, bandcamp.com slash massive late fee. And uh, our Patreon is massive late or patreon.massive late fee.com. 
And uh, I'll link all that below, obviously. I want to thank uh, Jason for our themes. I want to thank uh, um, Collector Mount for sponsoring the episode. And I want to thank... Uh, oh, we got new. We got uh, another Patreon. RJ, RJ is our, uh, our new Patreon, Mike. Nice. Yeah, that's exciting. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, our episode. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. See you next time.